Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast. My name's Joe Glover. I'm recording today from home, uh, so in case you hear any banging or children crying in the background, then at least you know that life goes on and podcasts are recorded uh, from real places with real people. Uh, today we have Kirsty Hulse, who is an amazing human being. Uh, she does, among other things, uh, workshops and training on confidence for all kinds of people, but specifically those who are in the agency space, having previously run an agency herself. Kirsty is one of these people that I feel a little bit starstruck by every time I see her or speak to her. I think she's phenomenal. I first came into contact with her via her Instagram and Twitter, and she's well worth a follow on both of those channels. She's uh, she's funny, uh, she's smart, she's just brilliant, and she was in this episode too. This was one of those sessions which people came away from sort of saying that it changed their day, or indeed I saw a couple of comments saying that it changed their life, which was pretty amazing. Uh, who knew that webinars could do such a thing? Really quite lucky to be involved in all of this. I know you'll enjoy this episode um, because Kirsty's amazing and she offers just some really simple advice that really changes how you can look at things. I came away feeling uplifted, invigorated and just a little bit more confident which was useful for me, as you'll hear in the in the uh, duration of the podcast, because I was having one of those weeks where I wasn't feeling that confident. Uh, so I was really, really glad for this, and I hope you will be too. Before we get going, I just want to say a big thank you to our featured sponsor for this episode, who are Redgate Software. It can be Redgate Software are uh, a Cambridge-based company. Uh, they operate in the software space, hence the name, and they are looking to hire marketers right now in roles up to £85,000 a year. Having worked in their building for a number of years, I can testify to a company with a great, great culture and lovely, lovely people who work inside that building. Uh, so do take the time to check out Redgate. And that's it. So I really hope you'll enjoy today's episode with Kirsty, uh, founder of Raw Training, I should say. Uh, well worth checking out. And uh, see you soon. So, Kirsty, you know, first off, thank you for taking the time today. It's so exciting to have you involved. Um, and I guess we, we should start off with sort of like definitions, really. So what does confidence mean to you? So, <laughs> Good morning. thank you for having me. Um, so I, I'm glad you asked that question first, actually, because what we think of as confidence, especially in professional work environments, is a little flawed, really. We tend to think of confidence as this like firm, unwavering, um, no doubt, no anxiety, no nerves. We think that that's confidence. But that actually isn't. And our kind of like lived human experience tells us that this kind of isn't what it is at all. Have you ever heard? So I did a philosophy degree and in philosophy, they taught us a concept of a false dichotomy. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. And basically a false dichotomy is when we think there are only two options, mm -hmm. but actually there's many other options. When it comes to confidence, we're given a false dichotomy. We think that we are either confident or we are not. 
We think that we're nervous or that we're confident. We think that we're anxious. I have anxiety, so do you. We've spoken about it before. We think that we're anxious or confident, whereas actually it's all of it. Mm. So for me, the definition of confidence is allowing ourselves to show up in all of the messy action. That's confidence for me. And allowing yourself to be seen in your brilliance, but also your breakdown. And it's not that you know, confidence is something that we have instead of nervousness. Confidence is something we have as well as nervousness. So the defin- the definition of confidence for me is maybe some, a bit of resilience, some worry, some nerve, some emotional intensity, some excitement, some, it's basically everything. Confidence is an expression of our human experience. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. And, and like, I guess it's difficult because I mean, when you sort of speak about false, false dichotomies and it's really interesting, even that to sort of think it could be more of a spectrum rather than binary, but is it something, you know, and, and maybe you've already given the answer here, but do you think it's something that's inwardly felt or outwardly expressed because there's probably a difference there? Lovely. Yeah. So I always say two things. I say that one confidence is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling. And I also say, and there might be some people watching this who like really have resistance to what I'm about to say. And that's good. I think we learn in resistance. But I don't think there is a single person in this world, on this planet, that isn't confident. Mm-hmm. I really think that. But a lot of people will say about themselves, like, I'm not a confident person. I'm not a confident person. But it's just not true. Because confidence is a feeling. And I know that of the 190 people watching this live and the people watching on the replay, everyone at some point in some way will have felt confident in their lives. And maybe we feel confident when, you know, maybe you feel confident when you're playing with your daughter or maybe we feel confident when we're playing music or maybe you feel confident when you wear that dress or maybe you felt confident in the past when you were playing sports in school or We all have the fundamental capability to access the feeling of confidence. It's there. It's already within us. My role, I guess, is to give people permission to access it a little bit more. But I think there is, it starts with an inward feeling and then we can learn to express it outwardly. Mm -hmm. But confidence is a feeling. Absolutely. It's also a habit that we have to hone and practice. And it's a habit we have to kind of, like all our other habits, we have to keep choosing and keep working on. I think. I love that. Thank you very much. That's wicked. Um, okay. Um, where do you see, uh, I mean, it's, it's really interesting because like you pointed out there that like we all would have felt confident at some point and it feels like that's a, that's a really important point right there because there's a self-talk there, isn't there? Which is saying, I am not a confident person. You know, I am, uh, and therefore I am not confident in any situation, you know, and that feels like something that people would trip up on quite a lot. You know, it's just sort of like people are like, oh, I'm not a confident person, you know, and therefore I will not act confidently. Because you've been given this false dichotomy. Can we do a, can we play a game? I mean, to call this a game is too much. It's a small coaching exercise. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to invite everyone in the chat who's joining live. Give me a yes in the chat. If you're an overthinker, 
So give me a yes in the chat if you're an overthinker. Okay, so we've got... Okay, well, I think that's... <laughs> okay, so of the 195 people, I think most people... I mean, the chat is currently blowing up. People saying yes. Uh, Owen, Owen has to think about whether he's an overthinker. Okay, thank you. Right, so thank you, everyone. Thank you for sharing. I probably ask maybe a thousand people a week that question, are you an overthinker? nearly all of us say yes. So at what point are we just thinking? At what point is it not overthinking and actually it's just our kind of squishy, fundamental, unique humanity. Mm. And the problem I think when it comes to confidence, self-belief, imposter syndrome, all of that stuff, is we think we're trying to access something that fundamentally doesn't exist. I have not met, I've trained thousands of people at like wealth management firms, big CEOs of big businesses. I've not met one person, not ever, that doesn't at some times in some way experience self-doubt, question themselves, have difficulty in the self-talk and kind of is a bit negative about themselves sometimes. But I think we think this is what confidence is and that's what we should be going for. And I think that's why so many of us think we're overthinkers or we judge ourselves or we're not confident because we're trying to strive for something that just kind of doesn't exist because we look at it from other people's perceptions of how they're behaving. Mm -hmm. You can't see what goes on in the background. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people presume, let me just close the chat. A lot of people will presume that like I'm very confident and I am absolutely. I also have anxiety. I've been in hospital with my anxiety. I've had really intense chest pains. It's been so bad. I have like sleepless nights. Like it's not either or it's both. I love that. There's a lovely comment that's come through from Jade here. He says, Kirsty is making me feel le like so much less of an alien. <laughs> and, and, and that's spot on. Welcome to the spaceship, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think we could stop now and like people would already have had their day made. <laughs> um, so thank you. Um, that's incredible. And, and, and you, you're spot on, right? That I guess we, we sort of live in this world where stuff is accentuated by the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, you know, and, and we only see the best of people. And it's such a cliche to say at this point, you know, because everyone knows that on these channels, you only see the best of people. And yet, um, you know, we still allow ourselves to fall into this place. That's a really great reminder. Thank you very much for reminding us that actually it's not a normal thing to strive for, to be confident in every situation ever, because no one is. Weird. It'd be weird. <clears throat> you know, if we're feeling confident in terms of the definition of no nerves no doubt frankly that's apathy mm. Mm. You know, we want if we're caring about our work i have no doubt joe that you've built this incredible beautiful community and you've done that through self-doubt through anxiety they're the mechanism for success <laughs> i'm getting oh, away you don't even know <laughs> <laughs> i could have a guess <laughs> um but you said earlier i'll show one thing and then maybe we'll go to the questions yeah you said earlier that obviously you feel like you know me from social media, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll get this a lot. People will come up to me and they'll like go, oh, how's the divorce going? Or like they'll ask me these questions because I share things very freely on social media. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is I'm going to give people a tip because I think social media can sometimes be where we lack confidence the most and we might not share or say things. I genuinely, and I always have, create content from a perspective like nobody's going to see it. So when I share things, you know, what would I say if nobody read this? Then we get to the something real. 
And then actually when we go, okay, what would I say if nobody read this? We get to what's kind of real for us. Thank you, Abby. We get to what's real for us. And also it kind of like softens the edges of a little of a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if that feels like a stretch, the second thing, I have a mantra. So I'm a professional speaker. I do it a lot. I have to put myself in the world loads and it's terrifying. I always say uh, my audience has my back. My audience has my back, whatever that audience is. Most people do. And in this space, you know, that most people are really, really, really nice. Really nice. There's some outliers, sure. Mm -hmm. But if we change our perspective to most people are super nice, it's a much nicer place to live. (laughs) Spot on, spot on. No, you know, I've got an example in my own life at the moment. I I don't mean to speak about me, but, you know, hopefully it's it's relating to your point, you know, that, you know, I'm giving a presentation I'm really, really nervous about. Um, you know, in the next day, and 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 you know, it's something that's big for me and, and stuff like that. And um, basically, I was speaking with some people yesterday, and they just resolved, you know, to kind of be yourself. And and to your point though about everyone in the room, in even in the super corporate context, is still pulling in the direction of wanting to get to a place where everyone is sort of happier or healthier or, or doing better or whatever it is. So nobody's coming in that room and sort of saying I want you to do a terrible job you know and and there probably is toxic environments where that exists but for the most part you know in in sort of 80-90% of situations then then most people want you to do well so I think that's a really great point um there's some amazing questions that come in like the Q&A feature has exploded as well as the chat feature um so what I'd encourage folks to do uh while you've got this uh is to uh, go into the Q&A feature and if you see any questions that you really really like give them a thumbs up because then we can sort of prioritize asking those uh, first um, because I sent some questions through to Kirsty but actually we, we want to prioritize yours and likewise I can already see that there's there's a scenario in there so if you've got some scenarios as well I haven't asked Kirsty this so hopefully you're okay with that um, it would be great to sort of put together some of these um, you know sort of put these in, in real life context as well um, so uh, with that in mind let's take a uh, the first question that's come through uh that is can getting I make a suggestion of course of course you can i think we should start with, with kelsey's yeah of course if we Great. start with the line between confidence and boasting then that will set because a lot of people worry about this is that okay am i absolutely oh, bloody okay. hell yes absolutely <laughs> bloody hell um okay so kelsey asks what is the line between confidence and boasting i get asked that this a lot what's the line between confidence and arrogance a lot of people have resistance to becoming confident in case it makes us an asshole, right? Mm. So we'll be like, I don't want to be confident because people won't like me or people will think, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have huge amounts of resistance to this. So one thing I've observed is if you think about an arrogant person, what arrogant people do is they get their validation from external sources. So arrogant people are like, look at me, look at me, tell me I'm good, tell me I'm good, tell me I'm good, tell me I'm good. Am I okay? Am I okay? Mm. And I think most of us are afraid, actually, really. When we do that, it's from a place of fear. So that's kind of boasting and arrogance. Confident people, confident people get good at validating ourselves. And so confident people are better at being like, okay, I've got this, have I got this? Am I okay? What do I need? Honoring my needs. Confident people are more likely to stay in our lane. Confident people are more likely to rely a little bit less on negative self-talk. So when we learn and develop and nurture the skill of confidence, and maybe we can talk about how to do that later, 
it actually takes us further away from arrogance. Mm -hmm. And actually, this maybe ties to what we were talking about earlier. I probably used to err on the side of arrogance because I had very low self-esteem. And so I did loads of things, you know, I spent years doing stand up and I was very like, look at how funny I am. Look at how successful I am. And I built this big business and it all came from this place of I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And so I was grasping at these external sources to try and feel like I had worth in this world. And it is through the process of developing, nurturing and learning confidence that actually I'm kind of like, I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. And so when we nurture confidence, it's the opposite of boasting. It's the opposite of arrogance. Confidence is silent. It's, yeah. So you're going to say something. No, no. Well, I, I was just curious whether there's a, um, there's a place where the behaviors, the external behaviors of, of, of confidence and arrogance um, could be the same behaviors, um, but they are from a different place. And therefore, whether it almost matters what the external sort of view is and actually whether you know the thing that we're speaking about here is is an internal thing you know it or or would you as a not confident you know a uh, sort of false dichotomy thing going on here but as a not confident person uh would your behaviors change um because you are you know not confident if that makes sense Yeah, well, there's no rules because confidence is a feeling. We all express it differently. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest that maybe you, I don't know if you were referring to yourself, but you're definitely a confident person. Mm. The way you feel and the way you express it might look different. There's a huge difference between confidence and dominance. Mm -hmm. Confidence, I like to think of it like taking a big breath. You know, when we take a really big breath to nourish and nurture ourselves, there is no part of us that's worried about stealing air from other people. We don't sit in rooms holding our breath, not taking a breath just in case our big breath means that other people will die. We don't do that. And I kind of like to think of confidence in the same way. As long as we are creating space and lifting others, and we've got some nice questions on that, actually deep rooted confidence creates more human connection. We stop seeing others as the enemy. We stop judging others. We stop assuming people are scrutinizing us. And it actually creates a bit more connection. So to answer your question directly, will our behaviors change? Maybe, but it looks different for everyone. My confidence is quite expressive. It's quite loud. It's quite playful. That's my confidence. Your confidence isn't. Your confidence is about holding space for other people, building community, creating things. That's your confidence. Mm -hmm. And so some people's confidence might be a bit more steady and solid and quiet. And confidence is a feeling. And all I'm going to articulate that feeling is that like my life mantra is scared and ready. Nice. So for me, confidence is that like, oh, I'm really scared. I'm going to give it a go. That's it. That's all confidence is. I love that. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, You mentioned about sort of techniques for building confidence. I feel like that might be a nice way to sort of go first before we jump into questions and scenarios, because then there's a nice opportunity to sort of relate those concepts back. Um, So so you mentioned that. I'd I'd love to hear sort of if you've got some tips or or tricks or I don't know. I'm definitely not going to use the hack word. But, you know, if if there's some things that sort of have in your mind, in your locker that people can sort of use themselves, that'd be great. How to build confidence. Mm. Okay, so the first thing is we need to know that as humans, we have something called the negativity bias. And basically what this means is we are all genetically predisposed to focus on the negative. 
So for example, um, we might be running this webinar, right? And it might be great and people have taken things out of it and everyone's feeling nourished. And But then you mess up a word right towards the end or something <laughs> goes wrong. You get off this webinar and I imagine you're focusing on the mistakes. Yeah. We're focusing on the things we do wrong. So we do this all the time. We have a genetic predisposition to attach, remember, focus on the bad stuff. And we do this because it's a really important survival mechanism. You know, if you think about the early stages of human evolution, and really, neurologically speaking, we haven't changed. If you think about the early stages of human evolution, you see a tiger. It is in your interest to not just focus on that tiger then, but focus on that tiger in any given moment where there may also be another tiger. Only now it isn't a tiger. It's that time you got difficult feedback. It's that horrible comment someone said to you on social media. It's that time you got laughed at in school. So the first step in developing confidence is to know that kind of, we're not born with it actually. It is something we have to nurture because our evolutionary mechanisms evolved to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. In order to be safe, it makes sense for us to not put our head above the parapet. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really, really important. So as an extension of this, I'll give maybe two things, three things that maybe people can do, like quick little. <clears throat> okay, so as an extension of, the, uh, of this, I have something called the well, yeah method. Now, <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a single piece of research, book, academic paper on confidence that I haven't read. And I realize that I have taken all of this big thorough <laughs> information and reductively distilled it into two words <laughs> and so that is so joe you shared earlier you're about to go and fly and give a talk and you're scared about it mm -hmm. well yeah <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> sometimes we get scared about oh you're scared to share your ideas in a meeting well yeah you're scared to go to that big job interview well yeah you're scared to stand on a stage and deliver a talk to thousands of people well yeah mm. And I will always invite people to when you feel those nerves, when you feel that doubt and that anxiety and that I can't do it, meet it with a well, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, of course we feel nervous about things. There are no rules here. It's all entirely subjective. And we are built to be a little bit scared. We're built to be a bit resistant. And so when we feel nervous, we have to meet it with a well, yeah. Because if not, then we end up in the panic soup. <laughs> of feeling nervous about something and then kind of freaking out about the fact that we're scared about something telling ourselves that other people don't scare, get scared about it so because we're scared about it we must not be ready and then we get freaked out about the fact that we're freaked out yeah 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so the first one is to meet everything with the well yeah i think that's awesome uh, you know like even as you said that so like there's a couple of things that happened like the first is my shoulders relaxed and then the, my back straightened so there you go there's yeah. an immediate response you're about to do something big and scary yeah of course you're scared well mm -hmm. yeah scared and ready it's all we can ever hope for <laughs> i love that scared so maybe that's I'll, I'll give maybe one more thing that people can do that's super practical Absolutely. <clears throat> um so because we have this negativity bias we probably default to the things we're not doing well so I don't know you, Joe, I don't know the people on this call, but I know that you are all doing thousands and thousands of things right every day, you know, always doing things right constantly, day in, day out, doing things right. You fuck one thing up. Mm. What do we look at? What do we focus on? What do we attach to? Mm. 
So I teach this stuff. I have to remind myself of this all the time. I did some training and this was probably when everybody had just got back face to face and I was doing this big full day training. And I thought that I'd be able to just go back in with the same preparedness and pizzazz as I could do before. And I didn't, obviously, I was a little bit anxious and I didn't kind of connect with the room as much as I should and it was fine, but I left that room going, oh, you, I can't believe you did that, you're an idiot, you messed, you messed up. And then I have to consciously take a step back and remind myself. So we need to give our brains evidence of the stuff we are good at, the stuff we can do. So there's two ways you can do this. I have a folder on my drive called nice things people say about me. (laughs) (laughs) Basically for years, I have been, do you know what, actually, I think we'll make this real for people. I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to show you. Oh, oh, my computer just crashed. Maybe I won't. Um, (laughs) I will actually, because people like it because it's important to know that like we're all doing this right. And I'm not talking about confidence from a mountaintop, right? I'm not like, someone who's like already there when it comes to confidence this is something we all have to kind of grow so somebody's already got it that's amazing yeah, so we've got sophie we've got nicola and we've got sarah all all and and emma as well actually uh all all got a uh, a smile file or a, a love folder uh, amazing <laughs> so this is real right so every single time someone says something good about my work or i do something well i log it i've been doing this for a few years i log it in the folder and then what i do is i go back and read it in the moments I forget that I can do some stuff. So that's really, really important because it's not, doing this won't make us arrogant. It's actually just balancing out our natural default to tell ourselves we're not good enough. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I love that. We've got some comments coming through. Uh, Jenny saying, I so need a smile file, Uh, Abby. I have this, but old school and on a pinboard left on my desk, which I love as well, because actually bringing it into the physical space feels important as well. You know, if you can do that as well, that's incredible. Uh, Karen, yeah, you're getting a lot of love for this concept. (laughs) I love that. It's really easy. It's really easy. And we need evidence Mm -hmm. before we do the thing. We need to remind ourselves with evidence that we are capable of doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Did, did you mention there was another one as well? Um, I'll do another one. I've got loads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got, well, yeah, we've got yeah. creating a folder. Now, the third one is really, really powerful, but can feel a bit abstract. So I won't spend too long on here, but I'm going to share this because it can be the most impactful for people. Mm-hmm. So just give me a quick yes in the chat, just so I can see that the language makes sense. Who here has an inner critic? in a critic <laughs> okay some i thought this would be a space where people are like yes <laughs> yeah, yes do i make it in a critic okay so often what we get told maybe people in my line of work will go right you've got to see your inner critic as mean right you've got to tell your in give your inner critic a name and see it as this like mean bad person right we get given this advice so i think this is bad advice because the problem is is your inner critic or Paula, your inner destroyer. Um, <laughs> our inner critics, our demons, our inner destroyer, our self-sabotaging behavior, whatever we want to call it, it's you. 
Mm. It's us. It's fundamentally a part of us. So as long as we're going mean, self-sabotaging, we're saying that about ourselves. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty certain you can't fix self-doubt with self-doubt. And so I have another approach which can be really powerful and it will connect with some people, but not everyone. Depends on how we perceive things. So research has shown that that inner critic, that inner voice develops by the time we're about seven. And I imagine with everyone on this kind of session now, if I said to you, can you remember the first time you got laughed at? Can you remember the first time you felt small, not good enough, couldn't do it? We might be thinking early years and maybe we can't remember a memory specifically, but maybe we could remember a feeling. Mm. So your inner critic is not an adult mean person. Our inner critic is a child pulling on our coattails, trying to keep us safe. So I call my inner critic baby Kirsty, <laughs> and I can see her, I picture her. She had the little white socks on and Sam Bentley, I will never forget his name, when I was in reception, which is about four or five, told me I was fat and wouldn't let me sit with him. Like, I'll, he's in prison now. <laughs> and <laughs> so I will always remember Sam Bentley, right? Because it was probably around then I started telling myself I was fat and not good enough, right? This started developing kind of around this time. And so around this time, I stopped telling myself, you're not good enough, stay small, make sure people don't see you, don't put yourself out into the world. Because if you put yourself out into the world, then you get laughed at and people say mean things. So it was probably around this time my inner critic started developing. Mm -hmm. So our inner critics are not mean adult humans, they are scared children. Now, when we start perceiving our inner critics as adorable, scared children, desperately trying to keep us safe, mm -hmm. our relationship with ourselves shifts. We actually start nurturing that voice rather than beating it up. In those moments when we're going, God, I'm scared. I think of my, it's our inner child, yes. I think of my inner critic as baby Kirsty, and I'm like, okay, what do you need? You're scared, what do you need? And it might be like more preparation or a nap or water or something. But it's actually, it gets us to a much better place because as long as we keep beating ourselves up for being afraid, we can't build confidence from that place. Mm. We can build confidence from a place of, oh yeah, I'm scared. That's okay. What next? Mm -hmm. So that will connect with some people, not everyone, but I, if you do have a lively in a critic, stop seeing it as a scared child going, are we okay? Are we okay? And responding to it from that place. Incredible. Well, I, I think it's definitely resonated with some people, uh, not least uh, the, the latest chat comments come in that says, this is actually the most wonderful self-care advice I've ever heard. So, um, you know, it feels important, you know, so thank you. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. It's one of my favorite things to teach because it can be really, really powerful for people who've and I think maybe for me, this was the most important thing in, in my journey on this as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, it, it, spot on, you know, and, and it's interesting. There was a comment on, on parents uh, that sort of scroll past my screen now, but that's interesting as well. Sort of that stage of life, uh, probably not something that we should spend a lot of time going to right now because there are a bunch of questions, but fascinating. Uh, and Jade, uh, well, uh, people are sitting with tears in their eyes as well. So, you know, you, you I do. always say if it's crying, if you're crying, it's working. 
um, cool. Let's let's take some some questions. And and there's by far and away a uh, top scenario that's been provided by Anonymous. And as I say, I'm not going to sort of mention names uh, when it comes to the Q and A. So uh, let's go there. Uh, so. Uh, the, the scenario provided is, I feel like as a woman in a team, which is prim primarily made up of men who are older than me, I'm often judged in a different way to others in how I come across. For example, being called emotional moody when raising something that might not be uh, completely positive or suggesting a new idea. Do you have any tips for maintaining the confidence needed to cope with that sort of feedback, not let it get me down as much and keep sharing my ideas? And uh, a second question, how do you deal with being confident in a room where you feel like you're the odd one out? Okay, lovely, thank you. So I'll address the first question very specifically. <clears throat> so research has shown that a man's competence is assumed, whereas a woman's competence is earned. So firstly, I'm really sorry that you're experiencing this and it feels horrible and um, we feel invisible and it's really annoying. My main frustrate, uh, my main tip on this is to get fucking angry about it, mm. is to get really, really, really mad. I think we tend to dismiss anger as a bad emotion, but no, anger can be driving. It can be a driving force. So it sounds to me as though you're being treated incredibly badly, incredibly poorly. So first, get livid. Thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> so get absolutely livid. And from this place, because actually, when we get angry about this, do you know what we're doing is we're going to start honoring our boundaries. Anger tells us when our boundaries have been crossed. So step one, get angry, really angry, because you deserve to be angry, because it sounds like you're in a shitty, shitty situation. I'm really sorry about that. So get really angry. And from this place of anger, ask yourself two questions. What do I need? What steps can I take to get it? So it sounds to me as though there's a, there's, this is a real systemic issue. So I don't know your work environment enough to give specific advice on what to do in this instance, but when it comes from a perspective of your feelings and your emotions, get angry. Because when we're angry, we take action and also it stops us kind of um, slipping into more of like a victim mindset. And I don't mean that, in a, I just mean that in like, sometimes we can be like, we can feel like things are happening to us, which they absolutely are, but anger will allow you to be like, okay, well, like, like anger's good in this context. So get really angry, get really annoyed about it, ask yourself, what do I need? And really start answering that question. Like really start answering that question, what do I need? And the second one is what can I do to get that? And see what comes up, see what comes up. Um, and I feel like there's a lot there, and but nobody should be treated like that and everybody deserves to be treated better than that. So I think probably that's my best answer in that context, but feel free to reach out to me and in a private space, I'll, I'll be willing to help you more with that. But step number one, get livid. Amazing, thank you. Um, it, it strikes me that there's, there's um, quite a lot here when you sort of speak about anger and, and sort of acceptance of nerves and, and you know, all this, is there a lot of confidence that just comes from accepting one's whole self? Oh, that that's is, it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I, I used to really reject anger. You know, I grew up in quite a volatile household, you know, like I'm sure many of us did. And so I would, re I thought anger was bad, not, mm. a, not a good, not at all. So for 
years I wouldn't allow myself to be angry at all I love being angry now sometimes <laughs> some days you just need to drink whiskey and listen to Alanis Morissette and be fuming at the world it's healthy and when we judge ourselves for our like individual expressions this is where the problem comes from so yes it's accepting all of it the wholeness of it allowing ourselves to feel what we feel mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of um comments coming through in in, in the chat uh, about people who sort of feel the same way as that as well you know and, and, and so like and it was interesting there was one comment that actually came through from uh from someone who only uh sent it through to panelists and uh panelists so only we could see it but it was interesting that like they pointed out that like 90 percent of the chat comments are coming through here are from names that would typically be associated with with women and like i noticed it too you know on, on the signups for today's session you know that it was largely women like i'm extremely unqualified in in this sort of area but like it feels like it is a a thing and a real thing, you know, and I know this is somewhat something that you're really passionate about as well, Kirsty, you know, um, I don't know whether there's a question at the end here, <laughs> really, you know, but I mean, is, 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 there, is there a difference? No, no, carry on, because I, I think you might need to rescue me here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what you just shared actually reminded me of something. So I'm glad that you said that. A couple of years ago, when I first started my business, we did some really heavy duty. We hired like a research company, did some really heavy duty, serious, considered research on how men can better support women in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Men as allies. It's a report. It's really um I'll, I'll make it so that people have it. I'll send it to you, Joe, because it can be a really nice thing to circulate throughout mm -hmm. a business and get people to read. And it's really practical. And because I acknowledge that this stuff is complex, it isn't easy, and actually a little bit of guidance and like some rules around this can really help. So thank you for saying that to your floundering question. <laughs> good. So I will, uh, I will email that and then make sure everyone has it. And for anyone who is in that kind of dynamic, it can be a thing to go, hey, I read this. I think everyone in the business should maybe think about this. And then it doesn't become about us, it becomes about the research. And that becomes a slightly easier conversation to have. I love that. So thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. That, that sounds great. You know, and likewise echoed in the comments as well. So uh, thank you for that. Um, so we'll, we'll take the next question from, uh, again, anonymous, uh, saying uh, tips for not caring about what other people think. I think this is what holds my confidence back a lot. And uh, just before you answer that, Kirsty, if I can just encourage folks to give a thumbs up to any questions that you really, really want answering, because uh, time is flying. So, uh, you know, please do uh, try and get to the top, the ones that you really want answering. Okay, so here's the thing. I love when people ask me how not to care about what other people think, because it's impossible. It's not about not caring what other people think. It's about assuming that they're going to think positively. So we are always going to care what other people think about us, always. Of course we are, we are community driven animals. As humans, we evolved to avoid two things, pain and ridicule. We live our lives going, oh, please don't laugh at me, please don't embarrass me, please don't laugh at me because we feel safe in a pack, safe in a group. So trying to not care about what people think is really, really hard. What's a little easier is to focus on the fact that most people are good, your audience has your back, mm -hmm. and actually go, people will think some stuff about this, but most people are indifferent or they're rooting for you. 
that's an easier approach because stopping care, I care what people think, but I just assume that most people probably think I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easier to do that. Yeah, yeah. But that speaks to the negativity bias that you were speaking about earlier, right? You know, because of course we're going to focus on the 1% rather than the 99%. It's actually, if you flip that narrative again, you know, that's, it all makes sense. It all yeah. right around. <laughs> and another thing that I do is I will, you know, I've, I've gone bloody viral on LinkedIn a few times lately, Joe, of all places. <laughs> My comments are chaos, right? <laughs> and I, people say mean things, right? Yeah. And they say mean things in my DMs, I've got like awful things. And so I know, because I, I know for me, the work that I'm doing comes from a place of positive intention, like everybody else here. Mm-hmm. If I'm annoying people, I'm annoying the right people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's on. impossible to be liked by everyone. Mm-hmm. That's, that, we are all the victim in someone's, sorry, we are, yeah, we're all the like, the baddie in someone's story. That's not true for anyone. So it's about, yes, care what people think, but try to shift that perception around people are caring, you know, people are looking at what we're doing and most people are like, oh yeah, that's neat. And then Mm -hmm. moving on with their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's so spot on. And actually that sort of reframing, I remember literally one of the best moments of my career was um, a a comment exactly like that. Someone said in a random LinkedIn comment about me, um, you know, not to me, uh, whoever writes the, the the emails for the marketing meetup, they make my toes curl, you know, and because, uh, you know, they really hated the tone of it. Um, and it was in that moment that I kind of realized that kind of started to make it a little bit because people had an opinion and it was either way, you know, and, and there was a real sort of reframing in that moment of like, wow, that's really exciting. And there's probably a marketing concept here, which is useful, which is just the idea of like, you know, not everyone is your target market, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, if, if, if you're annoying the people who aren't your target market, that's kind of okay, you know, and, and no one aspires to be in that place. But, you know, if you can be sort of speaking to the people that you want to speak to, such as the most lovely uh, community in the entire world, and, and they like it, then it's kind of okay, you know, and, and, and so it feels important. So I'll articulate that answer in one quick sentence. I think we'll have loads of people Mm -hmm. um, in loads of different ways. It's really hard for us to stop something, Mm -hmm. neurologically speaking. We can't stop being nervous. We can't stop caring what people think. We can't stop worrying. This tends to be our approach. Stop, stop, stop. It's really hard. Neurologically speaking, when we stop trying to do something, we actually just focus on the thing. Stop saying, um, um, like (laughs) we can't stop. So instead, as a general rule, if you're looking to change a habit, change a behavior, feel differently, it's all about starting something new. Interesting. So rather than stopping, uh, stopping being nervous or stopping caring what people think, it's like starting assuming that people have your back. Start, and when we shift something into start, it actually gives us a bit of a mental blueprint for action to follow rather than self-judgment, which is stop. Mm-hmm. that's amazing that again you know, anything fitness goals health goals finance goals start not stop phenomenal that's so good I, I love how much of this is sort of being rooted back into positivity you know and not positivity in a sort of mindless way but just a really thoughtful way mm-hmm. so thank you again you know I feel like I'm saying thank you a lot but I genuinely mean thank it you. There's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um okay so the next question I feel like may have been sort of uh, addressed in the arrogance thing but maybe we can sort of reframe it um, with the question as well here which uh, comes from uh, I'm not saying the names uh, so uh, how do you sell yourself without going me 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 
or in the case of an email, I did this, I can do that, I'm good at this, etc. I, I think someone's worried about sort of, again, that arrogance or that bullshitness. Yeah, okay, so I don't know this individual, but the first thing I'm interested is going, what's wrong with saying me, me, me? Mm. We're trying to sell something, that's okay. So that's the first thing is like just maybe scrutinizing a little bit. As humans, we have something called secondary gains, right? We're not motivated by one thing. We're motivated by multiple different things. So there will be a part of you in this instance that's motivated by selling the thing, selling yourself, selling your skills, selling your services. There'll also be a motivation of not being hated. There'll be a motivation of not being seen. So we have all of these motivations. And so in that instance, someone is uh, motivated by, you know, not being me, me, me. Now, as a coach, when someone says me, 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 that language has come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. That, that someone said that to that person probably at some point, or we've seen it or we've heard it. So the first thing is to scrutinize how real this is. You know, we are allowed to self-advocate. We are allowed to talk about the things we're good at. Remember us taking a big deep breath and going, I'm good at this, I'm good at this, I'm good at this, isn't taking anything away from anybody else. Mm-hmm. So number one, maybe we can be a little bit me, 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 me. The second thing is, it's all about intentionality, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, um, it's about intentionality and it's about uh, transparency. Mm-hmm. So we have to be sharing our perspectives from a very real emotional place. And so if, for example, that person, when you say me, 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 it doesn't feel quite right because it doesn't feel aligned with how you feel about yourself, then that's gonna feel incongruent to the reader. Mm-hmm. It's gonna feel weird. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I sell my skills, people really respond to it because I really believe it. And so actually confidence and conviction are very similar. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing to answer that question is scrutinize why we feel as though we can't sell our skills. The second thing, get to the thing that you're excited about and then communicate it from that place. Because it becomes a lot easier for us to advocate, showcase, sell when we actually are like, this is cool and I'm going to really help people. Spot on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, on, on your first point about sort of investigation, then hopefully I can add, I, 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 it's in the personal opinion, but I'm always really pleased when people are pleased that they're good at something, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't observe that as, as arrogance. And again, it's personal opinion, but I'm like, Hell yeah, you're awesome. Jesus, you know, let's celebrate that. that that's incredible. So um, I don't know, that's a personal opinion added to the mix, I guess. But um, I think it's it's something that so often we, we, we're fearful of arrogance, you know, and, and actually to sort of come to a place of like, yeah, Jesus, I'm good. That's great. Most people won't be arrogant. Most people won't. I'd say everyone on here won't, because as long as you're doing it with an intentionality of lifting others, creating space, building others up, we won't mm-hmm. we actually just allow other people to do it as well so worrying about being arrogant is something we've been given and i've got this like really big expression i know we're kind of close on time but i really believe that humility is not a good trait in the voices of people who've been marginalized mm-hmm. i really kind of believe that that humility has been given to us from somewhere 
And actually, if we come from marginalized groups, if we have diverse, interesting opinions, humility, we shouldn't, humility has gone. Actually, now it's time for us to go, I'm here. Let me take my claim and stand up. And it's what I believe. That's my philosophical point. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I think it's really important because it's the only way you hear these things, isn't it? You know, if, if, if someone's sort of saying, you know, no, I'm actually not going to share that, then that's, that's, that's not going to be heard, you know, so I think it's important. Um, the next question comes from uh, someone and who, like, I guess a lot of it, our conversation so far has been focused on ourselves, you know, our own self-confidence, uh, um, you know, how we perceive confidence. But uh, someone's asked about, like, how do you instill confidence in others? And I guess maybe I'd add to that, is it our responsibility to add confidence to someone else or is it a journey that we're all on individually? Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> I don't know if people are going to like this answer. <laughs> <laughs> Confidence isn't something we teach, it's something we model. Okay. So in order for us to instill confidence in others, we have to be modeling it ourselves. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people, if you're a leader, for example, or if you're a part of a team, and maybe you're a leader who uh, doesn't self-advocate, doesn't set boundaries, whatever that confidence looks like for you, remembering it's different for everyone. That's what people are reading. So the, the first way to inspire others to take action, to nurture their own confidence is to model it first and foremost. And then there's lots of like really practical, there's lots of books, there's lots of frameworks. So even maybe those three things that I shared with you, sharing those with other people, creating space for people, this allowing is very, very important. Allowing people to be nervous, allowing people to feel scared, to not feel good enough. And I, I definitely think with these kinds of things, we, we set a tone, I think, and it's setting that kind of precedent. And I believe the reason I'm so good at my job, I'm allowed to say that, the reason I believe I'm so good at my job is because I'm very comfortable being a mess, very comfortable. I'm very comfortable. Um, and one of the things I always say is I strive for impact, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And so people, I'm modeling this idea that I talk about my anxiety, I talk about my mistakes and all of these things. And at the same time, I have a robust sense of self-esteem and I'm incredibly confident. But... Perfect, thank you. I, I, I wanna dig into everything, but I, I wanna also get through some questions. So I, I, I will- yeah, do it, do that. we'll do quick um, fire. We'll yeah. spend the next four minutes and we'll do quick fire and I'll give That's you a really quick answer. <laughs> cool. So the first one then, quick fire round with the long question. Uh, I'm struggling so much at the moment. My little agency is growing. We get so much great feedback. I know we do a phenomenal job for our clients, but I feel like my confidence in front of clients comes at a cost of my mental health. I can't help keep up the smile in uh i can't keep up the smile in other areas of my life and interestingly uh, at the end it says sorry for whinging uh which i don't think you are at all um but it's, it's a statement but do you have any sort of thoughts on that Kirsty? so for me this feels i'll be quick this feels like a delegation consideration because mm -hmm. it sounded there like speaking to clients maybe this one specific thing i used to run an agency grew it it was massive had big brands big clients I stopped doing it for my mental health, right? So I get it. Agencies are uniquely tricky businesses to run. So I think there's two things. Think about anything that you can delegate. Number two, there's a technique from CBT called distancing. That is every single time you're speaking to a client or something feels really difficult, difficult conversation, ask yourself the question, how will I feel about this in six months? 
how will I feel about this in six months? Keep going back to that place because when we run businesses, I know, I hear you, we feel in it and it all feels here and it's really scary. So keep giving yourself as much cognitive distance as possible. So think about delegation. How will I feel about this in six months? Incredible. That's probably a quick fire answer Lovely. to a very big question. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Spot on. Uh, next question. Uh, do you have any tips about having very difficult conversations at work without getting visibly upset? and remaining confident. Uh, as a woman, I've found that showing any emotions is scrutinized in great detail. Okay, lovely, I can answer this directly. So the first thing is preparation. We have to really prepare, but this is boundary setting, right? Boundary setting is something I know a lot about. And often what we do when we're trying to have difficult conversations in the workplace, we focus on the thing that doesn't feel good. So we're like, I don't like this, or this doesn't feel good. Now this is the emotional place. Emotions are great, nothing bad here. But what I'm going to invite you to do is instead of going, I don't like this, this doesn't feel good or whatever it is, answer the next question, which is, what do I want instead? This is how we set boundaries. Setting boundaries isn't talking about the bad thing. Setting boundaries is asking for the other thing. And so thinking about in those contexts, um, having difficult conversations because something bad has happened. So you take the time to honor your emotions, honor your needs, think about that, and then go, okay, what do I want instead? And articulate that bit. Mm. That's, that's where the power is. I love that. Thank you. Um, okay. Again, not that I'm not interested. I want to ask more questions, but Jesus, this is amazing. Uh, okay. Uh, next question. Uh, I've always thought I'll get more confidence as I get older. But I've actually found it to be the other way around. I feel like I was far more confident when I was in my 20s. How do you recapture that? Lovely. Thank you for asking. A lot of people do assume that we get there when it comes to confidence. It's not really the case because whilst we're growing and learning and striving and life comes along and like knocks us and, you know, if life hasn't been shitty to you yet, like it will be. And so it isn't necessarily the case that we get older and we just get more confident. That can happen. And that's a really beautiful thing when it does. And so I think for you, it's about taking a moment to go, I'm going to reclaim my confidence. I'm going to teach myself this skill again. And maybe what I can do is I can share some reading and some resources, mm -hmm. some start points and go and have that intentionality to see confidence as something you can learn again and just take yourself through that process because we grow, we change, we evolve. And so we do have to sometimes go back to the drawing board and start again. And that's a beautiful thing. That isn't a bad thing. And life comes along and punches in the, in the face sometimes. And so our confidence can get knocked. Spot on. Thank you very much, Kirsty. Wicked. Wicked. Uh, there, yeah, it is wicked. Like <laughs> This has been- I'm wicked. Like you are, you are. And so is everyone that's been watching today's session, like the chat has been unreal. Like I, I, I love seeing how everyone supported each other throughout this uh, session as well. Um, so thank you as well to everyone watching in this morning. Um, like it's, uh, it's always inspiring to sort of see that going on as well. Uh, so uh, thank you very, 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 very much indeed for spending the time, Kirsty. I know that uh, you've got about 4,000 training programs coming up in about two. Uh, so, you know, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Thank you all so much for watching in this morning. Uh, two favors, um, like this felt important. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing this morning session, um, it, it, if it can touch other people's lives in the way that 
hopefully it's touched yours this morning then you know that feels important so please do share wherever you can and um on a sort of more uh on a different level then a big thank you to uh, uh kate at redgate uh, goes a long way as well for sort of helping us continue bringing these sessions to you uh so kirsty thank you so much uh thank you to everyone who is filling up the chat feature with so much love right now uh, i hope you have a lovely lovely day uh and what a way to end it with thank you for an hour that will change my life that's oh that's lovely thank you everyone it was nice to be here and uh yeah hopefully i see and hear from you all again soon so thank you spot on love it thank you very much take care everyone. thank you bye everyone bye